for the 5D Collective, we have some amazing times. Anyone who is new, a 5D person is a person who is at the very least aware of their emotional spectrum in a way of having a window of welcome. Or even if there is a window of tolerance, it is not one where you justify the emotional triggers, so the adaptive child behavior, the projection of unfinished business. So you know how to be aware of your own adaptive child and to tend to it, and so not to project your nervous system's uh, needs on another, but to instead talk about it. And obviously that doesn't mean you don't have a reaction. No, it means you're aware of those adaptive child patterns. Okay, so 5D Collective is aware of enlightenment the human way. They are aware of our mammalian heritage, our birthright to be a restorative embodied self and your open-hearted three-year-old self. Doesn't mean you're there yet, but you are very much in the, I'm not going to be an ego-sensitive 4D person or 3D. I'm going to be a person who is going to take that journey of personal development and the personal development can also integrate a therapist, of course. So those of you who are, again, aware of the aspects of our human nature, that's why the 5D is having a different way of harnessing everything that comes with all of these new ascension energies. And they're not new. We've been having ascension energies for a long time already, but uh, they're not taking them and uh, saying there are energy vampires, dark auras, and so on and so forth. The 4D collective and 3D, on the other hand, are not interested in emotional building regulation skills, in emotional heavy lifting. They are not keen on personal development in a way of let me tend to what comes up. They project it. In fact, what I've noticed is a spirituality bypass, and so the codependency type person, martyrs or superiors, spirituality again bypassers, and the blamers. So the shame cycle is what you will notice. They will be actively participating in, but their behavior is something they don't look at, like a Cusco not looking at himself. So from the Emperor's New Groove, 5D Collective are Pachas, and the rest is Cusco's, and this is not a competition. I mean, you can't go to somebody and say, hey, I think you need to go to therapy. That's, that's pretty much not your job or nice or, you know, again. So 5D Collective knows that every person's journey, their way back home to their hearts to be their self, we didn't need to do Frozen too. We got to understand we're humans first, and we do bring with us the spiritual and spirituality stuff, but we're a whole three-year-old heart, so we choose to be our humanity, and that's why it's easy for the person who's a 5D collective individual to say, yeah, I want to learn how to do my emotions like a grown-up. It's fun. Functional adults, conscious lovers, it's fun. 3D, 4D has a different mindset. They have a different approach, and that's where the good therapists are out there. There's a lot of education, so everyone has access to YouTube and online. Well, not everybody, but you understand what I'm saying. So in the meantime, for us, Ascension energies allow the human love narrative and your consciousness to expand. We bring more pachas out into the world for specific guidance on personal development, inner growth, all this great stuff we talk about. You can become a paid subscriber for anything curiosity related. You can just send emails and ask away. We have FAQs. I look forward to hearing from you all. 
let's continue with our episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I love the IHP community and anyone who's new. So the people who are emotionally mature, they're individuals who have integration in the brain and secure, secure attachment, healthy self-worth. We love all 8 billion and more people and that's humanity, life, all of it. And we know there's no demonic spirits and I'm a 5D mystic. So on that note, sometimes I will be integrating stories. I just decided to re-record this one so that I could actually announce that since I know that some of you don't know anything within the spectrum of mysticism, I want to to give you first a heads up. And it's okay to call it woo-woo because I get it, but it's for my mystic community so that they can become familiar with how we, a 5D mystic, uh, is actually able to tend to day-to-day life while picking up on our oversoul and actually not needing to define any of this the way the 4D does because we have our own identity since we're self-love. So I'm my whole three-year-old heart. My name's Maria and I accept the woo-woo term because I understand it feels, sounds to people that don't experience it as woo-woo. But it isn't woo-woo, but it's okay for it to be woo-woo, okay? So we have the scientist field. Uh, they look into the hard problem of consciousness. I giggle at it because I have a relationship with the sphere of consciousness. It's called Akash and Akashic Intelligence, and that's why I do Akashic Record readings. And I'm also a Reiki master, Reiki practitioner. So I can give level one, two, three, and I can do Reiki sessions, and we have universal love transmission sessions already online for personal development, and then these same tools, as well as tarot, they're used sometimes for our episodes, as well as in the personal developments for those who are committed to becoming their whole three-year-old heart, and so they take their personal development seriously, they do want to uh, share with their own self the depths of their emotional plane, They have a window of welcome and they take attachment and trauma information seriously so they know if I say, hey, I think we want to check out anyone who has good somatics and or somatic experiencing, you know, that we will go seek those those people out, EMDR, child parts work and somatics. So they take childhood trauma and themselves seriously. Uh, They don't ignore it. The people who want to ignore it, uh, they don't do personal development seriously. They whine about it. They finish therapy and then they whine about it uh, and they uh, don't actually move into emotional maturity. It's every day, every day a little bit, but it is with the humanness of it. So I have a lovely window of welcome for emotions. Again, 5D mystic here. So I am looking to be able and be funny with it. I've already started, but uh, I'm looking to integrate it in episodes like this as well. So I want you just to know it's okay, woo-woo. Pseudoscience is for the people who don't think that bringing human spiritual and spirituality subject matters together is uh, good. (laughs) And really, it's pseudoscience for real. It's just I'm not trying to sell you anything. There's nothing to be sold. We're talking. Adults know how to talk. That's that's the difference. So you know how to just listen and be like, huh, that's interesting. And if you want to find out more, you know how to say, hey, Maria, I want to find out more about that one thing. And hey, Maria, by the way, think you fucked up that one, you know, here's my resources. And if I did, I know already that I fuck up information. That's why I share the gist of things, not the exact things. And anybody who's looking for perfection, you should look at my app. It continues to do shit on, uh, you know, it's, it's still fucking it up. And I have typos and a lot of things. No, typos, no, 
Well, you never know. Grammatical stuff, that happens for sure, though. Okay, so I'm an imperfect and flawed human being, and I'm okay with it, but I do care about the quality. So I'm sharing with you how to be yourself and how to be your own divine masculine, divine feminine, which is easy for those of us who have had secure attachment, healthy self-worth, hold for your old heart, no shame. Thank you, mother. No shame at all. All of my crying, all of my bitching, all of my child stuff was left alone. And uh, the Neapolitan thing is you're beautiful to your mother, even if you're a cockroach. So even if I were the ugliest thing alive, I would have still been loved unconditionally by my mother. But like my mother likes me to know, don't break the law. I will give you by your ear to the police. I will say here the here she is. She did it. And we had this very specific conversation because there were people in the area that we were at at the time. It's Naples, Italy. That uh, what happened was the mothers of the sons uh, that were doing uh, no, they were selling. So these these boys don't know what old what age, but it's it's a organized crime area. So there's poor people. We know that, and then sometimes they're part of organized crime. And so these. Uh, Two people, I think it was two, because I think we got talking about it since it was right in near nearby, like, you know, just like I could, I, could, I had walked where the homes were. Now, the police were there. That's why I think I found out. So what happened, though, is the mothers, they did not give their kids up. They said, no, fuck this shit. And all the mothers from this build, these buildings, they started throwing shit at the police car. So the police cars literally had, no, there was two of them. The mothers in the first building and the other building, like the whole, the whole, all of them, they came out and they started to, you know, attack the police. The, pala- the police outnumbered. They, they had to leave. They left. And that's why we had this conversation. And I got to hear, don't you ever dare break the law because I'm going to give you to them. I'm not going to do what those mothers did. They should not be doing that. Their kids broke the law. They shouldn't do it. And so there you go. That's how we get to learn. But we also don't get uh called pieces of shit you little thing we don't get called names and we're in fact allowed to be children like i said no of our emotions get suppressed and that's why we get to be emotionally mature like this some of you are here and so you like to do pacha chit chat and some of you can get here and you like to do pacha pacha from the emperor's new groove and so nobody's a cusco okay i mean some of you might be cuscos but you want to move into becoming Pachas. Cusco lies. And he lies because he doesn't know how to talk about his emotional stuff. So let's get to that. When we unconsciously love, we're always able to talk about the emotional stuff. And when we meet people who are not able to talk about the emotional stuff, we now thankfully have attachment and trauma-informed educators who inform us of just why that is. And so we don't force people to do anything but sometimes we don't know what they mean okay so if a person says i am not good enough for you and you say yes you are you're going to mean it if you're a emotionally mature person Uh, they're going to mean it if they are an emotionally insecure and uh, attachment avoidant attachment wounded traumatized person they're not going to want to be with you a pacha Okay, so a Cusco without a Pacha is a person who does not want to be their whole three-year-old heart because they are actually, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They're not aware. 
of the good attachment trauma information and they're furthermore not curious about their own self so if they liked you let's say they liked you right and they just say i'm not good enough well if they liked you they would be saying why would i tell somebody i'm not good enough that that doesn't make any sense and then if i'm a grown-up and I've been in relationships where I was treated like a piece of shit, right? Already, uh, and I got to experience a little bit of you, and I see that you actually, you let me be myself, you talk to me. So again, healthy self-worth is why this attachment coach person was saying, anyone who's like this, they're literally going to say, no, no, I can't, because it's not just the speaking. Their body, every step of the way, the more you are showing them attachment, security so you're a secure attachment figure one they're reminded every step of that way of the horror of their first year of life and so they're feeling legit you're going to abandon me and the more you're like no no i'm not yeah yeah you're going to uncover that i'm a piece of shit and then you're going to abandon me and so they are literally beginning to as he describes it freak out peter levine does another description okay so i didn't know any of this which is why when i found out through attachment trauma-informed stuff about this stuff i just kept getting more and more sad i was like oh shit i need to back off of all these people (laughs) no not all but i just said wow okay this is really sad now i know i'm going to leave them alone why because you don't want to trigger anybody's stuff that's that's not nice so the guy is telling people out there who are not emotionally mature because if you are you'll already know i didn't do anything wrong and i will feel that i can be a failure because i was not able to have you feel loved which is why it's not about i could have had you um, be awakened to something new but uh, as a person who's a conscious lover you're gonna think wow if you're telling me you don't love yourself and I'm telling you you're good and I'm obviously something's missing. So I wasn't successful at sharing with you something that is true. But obviously this is why detachment and trauma information is very helpful. So organically speaking, you're like, okay, that can, that can happen. When it's happened before, for me, I've shared with my other friends who instead of going down this path, they went down, no, no, humans just don't want to love. Okay, so let's talk. We'll talk about that one. So as a teenager, obviously you'll be less experienced or I was. Now we have those good trauma and attachment informed people. So we have those, but I didn't have them growing up. Until the 1990s, they were actually sharing the therapist. As long as you don't hit your kid with a frying pan, it's okay. They didn't know about all the stuff of attachment trauma that they know now. Now instead they know an attachment avoidant an attachment ambivalent, a disorganized attachment, they're not going to in they're not going to be inclined to feel safe with a safe attachment figure because they don't know that in their nervous system. They don't know that their first year of life they did not get that. So to be treated with healthy self-worth, to be talked to, to be uh, involved in is something they're one unfamiliar with two they will find odd and three they 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 actively don't trust it in their body not to mention their zero one year olds freaking out and it's not funny okay so again organically speaking what i would share with my teenage friends was you know one there's plenty of fish out in the sea so it didn't work out period 
And they all said, ah, you're, you have no emotions or whatever it was that they would say. I said, no, I'm just not dramatic. I'm just saying, don't you say there's fish in the sea so you can let it go. That's, that's, didn't you notice you grew apart? I don't know. You have differences. Like, what's the deal? So that's from, for me, teenage years was about mid-90s until about 2000, then I'm 20. So, you know, for me, until the young adult's age, you're still immature, in my personal opinion, and because your brain structure continues to develop. So your executive brain functioning areas, they finish developing for the female body, woman body, 25 uh, biologically for the biological man body uh, the brain is 27 that's according to recent uh, data that has been shared with me by those who are in the research places not mine I can try to find which one of my courses it was if you're curious but you'd have to purchase the course and I think it was one of NICABMs I have so many with them though so uh, long story short though I'm sure I could look it up and find wherever the studies are because it's the brain structure so it's an active brain structure and on that note okay so for me personally I'm going to say if you can't make long-term decisions which is what your executive decision making and functions are for I'm not going to consider you yet in the emotional maturity spectrum. And in fact, they also say that you're not supposed to diagnose anyone until that age, not to mention you're supposed to, or the good therapist will work with a person from the EMDR, child parts, and somatics, because you are not going to be successfully supporting anyone to heal from trauma if you don't work with the body, the mind, and I believe it's their relationships. There's Ruth Lanius's quote. Let me see if I can find it. Because not all of the therapists are actually updated with the good stuff. And that's because they don't believe in the good stuff. They, they actually think that uh, the body... And, and I had a conversation with somebody. It was quite fascinating, to say the least. Uh, you know, when you got a Cusco in town, here, here she is. Okay, no trauma therapy is complete without addressing the brain, mind, and body, and connecting all the three, all three, Ruth Lanius, MD. Okay, so I learned about the brain, mind, and relationships from Daniel Siegel. The body I learned from my other trauma courses and somatics as well, somatic experiencing. So uh, the conversation is one I've shared in past, whenever it happened. <laughs> this human being who had just finished their psychology degree with the girlfriend, the little power couple, you know, power couples are not that huge, by the way, but they're powerful together, so they look very cute to a person who's uh, emotionally mature, when I, when I see them, I think of teenagers, and I'm like, I'm so happy you found the one, you look like fairy tales from the Disney cartoons that I would watch, and I love seeing that, but energetically speaking, here, 5D mystics, energetically speaking, yeah, you're going to not see two pieces of Purusha Prakriti. You're going to see, uh, I don't even, uh, yeah, I can't place it right now. All I'm going to say is there, there's not a, a whole person yet. There's, not, there's two people. They come together. They're happy. That's all that matters. We're happy. They have solace. They found the one. They're at home. They giggle. They laugh. We laugh. They look cute, and we leave. And so these two people, and I had had a buttload of other power couples that I got to notice before I got to these ones, which is why I was just like, so, oh, you're so cute, cute you, cute you. But anyways, I got excited because I was introduced to them, and I was introduced by a friend that knows that I care about people. And I started to talk very excitedly about all the stuff I was finding out, 
from my lovely uh, courses. And I finished sharing with all the excitement that I had inside of me. And this person says, I have, and he gave me this exorbitant amount, this number, a bazillion ways to contest what you just said. Now, some people are into using words and they think that, um, like, it's, it's, it's true that some words have negative connotations, but this one was, I'm contesting. <laughs> Literally, I'm, I'm here to contest what you just shared. And I hadn't made an argument for anything that would eliminate. I just added to what the field of all therapy is learning, the good one. So this person just began, no, they didn't. They didn't have time, and they gave me a number that they would have never been able to give me all of it. So I was now curious. So instinctively, I say, hey, since you're getting ready to leave, I can see, and you've presented to me this very fascinating equation. I don't remember the exact words, but I'm like, I'm now curious. What is the way that you would work with somebody then that has trauma the way I was talking about? And they legit, they... They begin this way, and this is not the first human being that does this. When I ask, so why did you do what you do? Even though that was a whole different question, but I got the same way that he starts. He starts, I'm wearing, he tells me what he's physically wearing, okay? That will tell you everything. I'm wearing my little bow tie. I think he said the bow tie with a jacket. And I have my note paper and my notepad, and I am actively sitting down in my chair and my client comes in twice or three times a week and lays down in front of me on the table lays down because I had just finished telling him how some people they can't lay down because that's the trauma they have and that you don't want to force them to lay down that that's actually uncomfortable for a reason and it's not funny so he says lay down and I'm going to write notes you're going to talk to me I'm going to write notes (laughs) So he left, I laughed in my head while he was there. I didn't laugh in his face because I'm not going to laugh to an ignorant person. I was just like, okay, wow, that, that's really something. And then I ended up finding out finally the good therapists know there's the bad therapist out there. So there you go. And those would be people like this dude. And I swear, oh my gosh, as he walked away, why don't you walk away? I was so happy. And the next time I saw him and his lovely little girlfriend, I'm like, yeah, you're so cute from afar. Please don't recognize me. Oh my gosh, yes, that's where it's not fun to talk to people who actually don't care about what they do. Uh, They care about what they wear, that's for sure. Uh, Yes, so quality, I would say no, no, you don't care about quality, you care about the uh, aesthetic and whatever your title is and, you know, that's where I would say your identity is enclosed in a little box and you care about the number, in fact, the price, the fact that he said two times, you know what good therapists will say? that they want, they want to see their clients to be able to leave. They're going to want them to be able to leave. Otherwise, I'm a failure as a therapist. That's what a good therapist is. And they're also going to say, you know what? I have a trigger point with these types of situations. Like if you're a narcissist, some people that are therapists, they have triggers. They're not able to handle sitting through a session with a grandiose narcissist, for example. So they'll say, I have colleagues that I can share with. Uh, your, the numbers with, but I can't. They might not disclose, of course, because they know it's sensitive. They know it's very sensitive. They just will be honest about what they can do, and that's because they care about what they do. So when you care, you know what you can handle. Like with me, every time I had courses, I was able to ask, so what do I do if I know I need a therapist, or how do I know it because I'm not a therapist? I'm a 
content creator. I'm a podcast host. I'm a mentor. I support personal development. How do I help? I'm a coach. They all said the same thing. Trust your nervous system. You will know. And that's it. So when you meet people, that's where I got to learn how to recognize that some people need a good therapist and they don't listen. And I don't tell them in that way because I also got taught you need permission, Maria. And you can't just straightforwardly say something. And that part I already knew just because as a teenager, I knew how people handled you when you're with direct communication. So here's something that a whole three-year-old heart who is just healthy self-worth will do. Why should I lie? I don't understand. You're asking me to lie to you. No, you can't think and feel that way. Um, I, I, I am. You can't. Uh, huh. I... You want me to lie? No, no, that's not what I'm saying. I want you to understand you can't. And, and I, you're, you're confusing. I just told you the truth. That's funny, actually. When I think of this one, as I grew up and just in general, I think of Patrick Tian. There's one of his uh, posts where he talks about you say the truth and you don't know how else to organize it because you're just saying the truth. You, you know, you don't know why somebody is, making a big deal out of things and uh yeah sometimes you just learn how to i'm so sorry let's not be friends uh, you don't tell them that no don't don't tell a person that's ego sensitive you don't want to be their friend they're gonna totally how dare you and so you just say wow so sorry you know i i had a great time thank you so much and i will i will i will yep we'll be in touch and that's how you do it and that's it and usually because they didn't really, you know, enjoy it. No, that's not it either. But then again, yes, it is. So if somebody enjoys your company, do you think they're going to let you just leave? <laughs> no, they won't. They're not going to do the silent treatment. <laughs> Anyone who does silence doesn't want you around. Don't you know that? That's okay. We don't take it personally. So when I have had the ability to learn about silence, it was a long time ago. Oh, I had fun with that one. Uh, that one was really, really, that was really fun. I was always thankful. You have helped me so much, I would say, because I literally loved being able to know that I could, uh, I could, I could be, what was it? I could be in the most different types of, of streams of consciousness. Okay, we'll put it that way. And I would totally then be able to, it's like nothing was ever said. Nothing. So I learned how to address a lot of things thanks to a couple of human beings but i'm thinking of one in particular i will never forget how i was like you know what this is a match made in heaven i love this and to this day the most amazing of people are the ones that you get to just be your actual self and you laugh and they laugh now you don't always actually uh, speak the same language don't get me wrong sometimes you speak completely different languages but you learn that one, obviously, when you're interacting. However, you just unconsciously love. Again, you keep talking, you recalibrate, it's cool. The people who do silent, like I said, now that you get to be a grown-up with the information of the attachment and trauma stuff, for any of you who are here, when I said I was very sad as I was learning all this, I'm serious because uh, people don't want to be uh, in any kind of unconsciously loving uh, relationships that's because they're not wanting that if they feel afraid it's afraid for real so they might not understand it but they can have the opportunity to understand it and that's if they look with curiosity to their uh, own self and then 
to online. So when people do have the ability to understand that nobody is born evil for real and that anyone who's in that Michael Stone scale, they all can use a good therapist, that's the part that's uh, creating more of our humanity. So those of us who do know, that's why it's good to have attachment and trauma informed for me. I get to support those of you who are on your lovely inner growth journeys. So you get to tap into your infinite higher human consciousness potential experiences. We love doing emotional building because we don't have a window of tolerance. So nobody's saying, I've got golden scars because they broke my heart and I won't ever love again. We actually love more than we've ever loved before because every time we do have an interaction that involves situation of not alignment, we know how to say, wow, that was a really great relationship. I got to learn a lot. I got to be with me, my loved ones, right? So who's there for you? Who's there for you when you are down in blue? And you're always going to have someone. If you don't, well, you're tuning in here. As long as it's for emotional maturity reasons and not to tell me that humanity sucks, you have a telegram group. Go join it. Don't talk about the devil, humanity sucking, none of that. If you're drama, no, that's not what I'm talking about, okay? So I have plenty of those already, and they don't want to go to good therapy, and they decided to use their brain with rumination, and, and I, don't, I don't do rumination, I do inner growth. So I am very compassionate, but I also know when people don't want to do emotional building, and in fact, like Patrick Tiahan said, emotional he calls it emotional lifting. I don't say lifting because it's not hard for me to do emotions. I'm just like, wow, my heart's pumping. Yay. I get to wear my heart on my sleeve again. Hoo -hoo, who's, who's here? That's actually how it feels. So let's talk about that one. So when we meet people who are open to their inner child, and so they're not going to be like, I don't want you. You're horrible. And they're actually freaking out again. Very serious. So I'm happy that now we don't have to do any of that. What happens if somebody says they're not good enough? I'm serious, all of my regular listeners, if they say they're not good enough, what are you going to do? Ghostbusters, there's something strange in a neighborhood. Who are you going to call? Nobody. <laughs> okay, so you're, no, you're going to call your friends. And you're going to have chit-chats, and you're going to have nice outings with friends, and, and more chit-chats, and you're going to be good. Because you're going to know, wait, if that person thinks they're not good enough, they feel not good enough, and either it's true, which means they're emotionally avoidant and unavailable basically they might be now anxious now maybe disorganized or avoidant one of the two but in either way it's none of our business right none of your business if they don't want you that's a answer to your question do you want me no i don't okay thank you so much for your time it was great having a one moment of handheld and that's it now you don't get upset at yourself if there's things that you're upset about from the encounter, what do you get to do instead of being upset at yourself? Who, who's the adult tuning in today? You get to inner growth. You don't do inner critic or outer critic. That's the shame cycle. You do, I learned. What did you learn? Uh, next time, I will not do anything different. Why would you do something different? A relationship is you getting to know another person. Why would you be ashamed of opening up your heart? Why would you be upset at sharing your heart is what relationships are all about now if you are looking for something specific okay set down your little list of rules 
And what would that be? I don't want to open up my heart until I know for sure they're going to marry me. Okay, then. Then you're going to go off onto the adventure. Go to Appland. And then test it out and wait till you get married. And there you go. But, you know, it's going to be a long time before you, hmm. I don't know. I mean, that sounds kind of like, what are you going to talk about from then? How are you going to get married to them if they don't know anything about you? How are you going to get married to them if you don't know anything about them? Or are you going to let them tell you everything about themselves and then you're not going to say anything about you? Hmm. Yeah, let's think about that one. Okay, so hopefully I've made my quote-unquote case, meaning emotionally mature people, we talk. We don't do, let me count on the scale of numbers 1 to 10, how many things I told you and how many things I don't. I understand plenty of people have shared, we all have people who share lives with us and our own life. And if you share something with another and then you feel shamed about it, why would you? You shared life. It's a precious moment. If they go ahead and do something with that, that's none of, I mean, it shows their character, not yours. And you will have learned something about them. And there's plenty of teenagers out there. I mean, I got friends. You should, you should see my friends, some of them. And some people are like, why are they your friends? Because they're my friends. I love them. They're cute. <laughs> it's okay that they gossip. I gossip not about them like that, but I still talk about them. I talk about my loved ones with people. Do you not talk about loved ones? Do you not talk about the things that happen? Are we all silent? No, none of us are. Please, this is the why of what, what are you exempt from? Nobody's exempt from anything. So, of course, we want to keep our promises. These are the things that you build with those people that, in fact, you have what is called an intimate relationship with. And sometimes that will be something that you will see be respected. And other times it will not be. And it will be thrown in your face. No, no, it will hit you in the back of your head. And actually, it will hit you. All of us know this. This is the part that doesn't get harder, though. You know how many grown-ups I meet? I don't love, it's getting harder, really. <laughs> I've, I've gotten a lot more fun. <laughs> and uh, that's actually something one of my friends was like, I thought you would have become cynical. So here, we'll share another funny story. This is one of my good friends. He's actually one of my friends that I know if I need someone to save me from physical turmoil, and I don't want to be in any of it, but he's, he's the guy I want with me in the forest. He's the guy I want with me in the forest. To this day, I'm like, man, I did not ever think you would have that much strength. You're literally treating your body like a piece of shit, and you have strength that I don't even think I could ever have. And see, it made me think. You remember there's those stories of women who saving to save their baby. They, they literally are able to lift a car. And all these people, they crap on this human being, and they say, no, no, he didn't do anything special. No, he, he didn't do anything special, so to speak. This is not the point. So, if you're a smart human being, you know what instinctive means. You're all subjective with yourself to know. I know how my body reacts, because in that moment, my body reacted in a very specific way, but I know how my body reacts in general. It's with fear. And it scooch back. It scooches back. I'll literally go back. <laughs> uh, let me distance myself, and then I want to be a good observer and go towards the door. I, I have trained myself finally at my 44 years of age. I don't go to a corner. I try and get to a door. And I have proof of that from my lovely surprise 44th birthday party where I said, good job, Doc. Good job, body. I, in my head, was like, you did great. You actually are learning now something which is very important for us to remember. The door, the door. Go towards the door. 
because I literally will want to go towards the corner. So that's the part of why I know my body wants to go to a corner because I think I can scooch in it and hide in it, but I'm not that small and I'm not as flexible as I used to be. So better to go towards the door. But long story short, I witnessed this person do something physically that I thought he had no strength for. And then I saw him do it again. And then I saw him be reactive instinctively. Not, I mean, he did take a couple of minutes because he was contemplating what the fuck to do. I didn't know what the fuck was happening until I saw him come out of where he came out. And I saw him dragging another human being body. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how's this happening? And then you see the big giant who likes to use his mouth. Oh yes, the big giant who loves to say just how much and how many things he will do. <laughs> you see a frozen body. And here's the part about being a good observer. And it's not the only time I saw him freeze. Another time I saw him freeze and scooch back and then say, no, no, I'm right here as the uh, danger passed. And that's when you know, liar, liar, pants on fire, but of course I can't prove nor what I want to prove because that would mean I'm trying to insult people that I don't need to do any of that with because why would I? We're not going to be in these situations. I know I'm not going to try to be in any kind of situation like that and that those situations happened by chance. So what I was trying to get to is people are instinctively going to use their nervous system. We don't choose that. And Robert M. Sapolsky, the one who wrote Determined, and I haven't finished reading it yet, but he actually is, it's in one of the interviews with the well or big thing, he talks about this. Uh, and in fact, he talks about how people that save people, in fact, it's, it's, they just run into the building. They do it. They don't think about it. Your instinct, you don't think about it. So it's not about the hypervigilance of people who have trauma, by the way and all that other stuff. I'm right now talking about the actual physical survival mode of any one of us. And uh, while some people think that some people have better capacities, it is true that you use your brain a certain way. So like police, they will use their, um, and this is what I was remembering because Jennifer Sweeten, she has a police officer who is retired go to her as a client in one of my classes. And that's because the wife's like, we are, we're getting tired of you. He's controlling everything. He's literally always in, in his police mode. He did great at his job, but at home, he's retired now and doing horrible. So he goes to therapy because the, the wife forces him to. Otherwise, she's getting ready to leave, it's getting unbearable, and everybody else agrees, the friends, all of it, all the members of the community, <clears throat> so she says, look, we're not going to change, you're not going to change how you are, but we're going to stop using these types of neuroreceptors or something like that, and we're going to build new ones, and so yes, when you're building new ones, and you lose familiarity with the old ones, you can, it's like riding a bike though, that's the part where I would say a person if they don't understand what they're doing, which is basically allowing themselves to harness their rest and rejuvenation system. I mean, this is the silly part, you know. Many human beings want to say they're smart, but then they don't understand the new updated attachment trauma information. So when you got a police officer who's afraid of losing what, what, do you want to find yourself? Are you thinking you're not have to be in a vigilant mode? Like, what is this? You're living a movie all the time. And you're, you're in, a, in a nightmare in your own brain. So, of course, we can understand. I totally know that there's plenty of people out there who basically are always looking at the life outside as if it's um, 
something of a movie, but it's not. And we would want to hope that we make our world a safer space, not a less safe space. So when people in my courses, for example, have talked about standing up for things and said, we need to use modulated embodied self, my teachers are like, what the fuck? No, their eyes, their eyes full of fear. You just said something unhealthy for your human being body. No, 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 no. Immediately it was, hold on, you're misunderstanding. Let's try this again. We're teaching you information. Please hear, open your ears. No modulated embodied self. That means your body's in hypervigilance. That means you're in sympathetic. That means you're not allowing your body to know how to be in its actual rest and rejuvenation, which gives you longer, healthier quality of life, inner and outer well-being. So people don't know what it is to actually move into one, the enlightenment. So Adrian, because they relate it to stuff that has nothing to do with their human being body. I get to bring you the human stuff. And no, it's not something you'll find in the ancient textbooks because every one of us out here, the 5D collective, gets to learn about different things to bring you different perspectives. I inspire human potential. That's why I do human stuff. Enlightenment the human way. Mysticism the human way. Uh, Kashuk intelligence the human way. I'm a human. My name's Maria. I'm an emotionally mature human (laughs) People teased me for a long time, and they still do that. I say I'm a human, but I say everybody seems to have a deal with being human. They, don't, they think it's crappy. I love being human. What are you talking about? I got emotions. It's the most amazing world ever. I got bones. I got hands. I got fingers. Don't touch me. If you're going to physically touch no, get away from me. You can do emotionally man, anything at this point because I've seen it all. Just don't come near me physically. And no, I'm not going to watch any movies that you want me to watch because I don't want you to have me feeling stuff that you want to feel because I want love and joy and that's it I don't want anything else sadness comes because of love that that's why it's there anger we don't get angry we get passionate anger I learned how to not get angry a long time ago and that's because why would I want to get angry I'm not going to correct you the angry circuit is for correction the sad is for connection and then the fear is for certainty or the certainty is for fear something like that So when we are in those lovely, emotionally mature relationships, unconditionally loving and talkative ones, we have people who wear their heart, and it's not on our sleeve, it's on our face. And so as I was saying before, we're not going to count the number of times that we've basically spilled the beans, so been able to be vulnerable with someone. It's the biggest gift that you get to be able and have what is a sense of safety and intimacy. So like with the one friend, he's not perfect by any means, actually. He is totally an individual who could use information you share with him against you and in spiteful ways because his three-year-old is not a whole one. He has a broken heart. He doesn't heal it too much, but he doesn't need to either. He's kind of saved by the fact that He wants to be accepted by his immediate hurts. It's very important to him that he is successful. And hopefully, if my mathematics don't make me incorrect, he will be motivated by life and he will be motivated himself. That's my hope because it will be his inner well-being and outer well-being. And and I'm rooting for him. I'm in his corner. I'm in all people's corner. But uh, this is where, you know, when you have your loved ones, you know what they are working through and I know what my friend is working through so when you know each other's strengths and weaknesses here's where 
we will support each other by being direct communicators. This is one of my friends where I said before, I said to him when he asked me something, I said, you're asking me something specific. And I'm not going to say yes unless you understand. This means I will never lie to you. I will tell you exactly how I think. I don't give a shit if you lie to me, but I will not be lying to you. And I will not back off. You will have to tell me you don't want to see me ever. You'll have to get rid of me, I said. If you ever don't want to hear the truth, then you're going to have to tell me to get the fuck away. And from that moment, I reminded him again, and then I reminded him again. And every time I remind him, I know he sometimes gets tired of the lovey-dovey stuff because that's what happens when people have a bad mood. But, again, there's, there's a three-year-old in there. There's a three-year-old who enjoys to be a little bit comforted like any other of us three-year-olds. And that's why I hope he is able to use his smart brain because the three-year-old is very sweet and very kind. But if he doesn't wake up to his adult He's not going to help himself to live a better life. So you can get all the hugs you want and you can be reassured all you want. But if your vibrancy doesn't in, in, increase, it's because you're not growing inner well-being. And then there's other people that actually uh, also could use it, but they have chosen a different story. So some, it's basically this uh, way of feeling that they are not meeting expectations. Others, it's thinking that they're doomed to suffer. So you see, a child's tale will be given to them by those parents. But it's not only what this, the words that are spoken to you. It's actually how your embodied brain, your nervous system, because the brain with the nervous system, is engaged as you're growing up. Okay, so the story is one aspect. The vibration is another aspect. And so if you're a mystic here, this is where the ones of you who are and with the attachment and trauma information, you know how to actually support someone along their journey if they want your support. If they don't want it, you don't give it. And when they want the support, it's something we're happy because it means it's a life. It's a piece of the same fabric that's saying, yes, I want to save me. The story they have to dismantle. And if they don't want to, it's unfortunate because that's the very part that keeps them stuck. But they're not stuck. In their idea, they're, they're living life. That's why sometimes they'll become this pawn of their own self. And that's when they settle into their other soul age groups. And so 3D, 4D, I'm going to say that's a whole different story, okay? And to wrap us up, when you have people who expand with you... Huh, and so they are able to not only be present and open-hearted, so they speak their truth, they actually also speak their, their weaknesses. So when people are afraid of being rejected, it's because they have things that have been, been, been they've built up in time. They've built up in time. Again, for all I know, you're way younger, so there wouldn't be too much buildup, but still... There's people that do things, they will think that uh, they're like monsters for it. And if they don't talk about it, they'll always think it because it's more exaggerated when it's in your brain. Because you're ruminating about it, you're not actually getting it off your chest. Okay, so when people don't get the truth off their chest, that's why it stays 
And when you have an intimate relationship and you can't be yourself, you're not going to be able to be in that relationship. I have, for example, not ever hidden who I am. So whenever I'm in an intimate relationship, I will be able to know if I can be myself. And if I can't, I will present. Uh, This is something that's... uh, I'm not sure how you want me to be because I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to continue being me and I don't want to walk on eggshells, but it seems like anything that I do, I'm walking on eggshells, which isn't cool, doesn't make sense, and that's not how a relationship works. Relationship works where we talk, not where we are afraid of each other or being ourselves. Okay, so that's the part though, when you have people who don't know how to talk, uh, they don't talk with you. They hear, they listen, they don't, they don't say things. They don't help to uh, get you going into a specific direction. But let's talk about instead the ones who they speak. So they, they get the courage, they get the uh, awareness, the curiosity, the openness. They, they are willing to take a leap of faith. So they say, I like a person, uh, they like me, they don't throw you in the trash, right? And here's where all things are possible in, in any person's life. You can learn to love more. You can learn to love yourself. You can learn to be emotionally mature if you're choosing the aspect of expansion for each other. If you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable and you know others are. So if you keep Pacha in the forefront. And then when you think of Cusco's or Isma's or Ursula's or the squirrels, you remember that those are all people who are in need of attachment and trauma therapists. They're all people who have wounds. So no matter what their biological rudeness may bring, it's a person who needs help to become the grown-up version of their self, if they want. And if they don't, that's their mannerisms. And so you learn how to handle their low self-esteem, passive-aggressive, indirect communication. Why not? It's not a big deal to an empowered three-year-old. You're just another person who's speaking like the other ones that are basically in their extreme left mode. I'm right, you're wrong. It's another three-year-old. You're meeting a three-year-old. The difference is you have fun and they don't, and they want to be right. You let them have the floor. By the time they're done with the floor, you heard them. They don't have right mode access, so they don't know how to pick up on nonverbal signals. The only things they think about, they'll be very clear. Eventually, you'll know who they are, what they are, because they're going to, every single one of those thoughts, the rumination, oh, they're going to tell you all of it. They're a three-year-old. They're not an adult. Again, you're not talking to somebody who knows what they're saying. They're just saying to you, this is what you are. This is what you, And eventually, especially if they're lying, Meaning, if they say one thing, then the the inconsistency, here's the deal. People who are not online, what they don't realize is their pattern of a child. And so their inconsistency is a storyline from their left mode. It's behavior that is implicit. And the sooner that sooner than later, you're going to be like, huh, you know what? Something's off. By the second encounter, hmm. I don't know, by the third, okay, you know what, yeah, um, whatever, and you just move forward, because Apache ain't going to lecture Cusco about those mannerisms, that's for sure, I learned that as a teenager, nobody apparently knows anything about their ego self, they all don't have one, and so that's what you learn as a teenager, grew up, same thing goes, you don't know until you know, so there's, in my adult life, one time I was reminded as I had been distracted by Claire's, I was reminded of the ego self. It was a very good reminder. I was like, shit, Maria, you forgot about this. Thank goodness I got reminded. Okay, 
And then with the attachment and trauma information, I was like, okay, now I know what I was picking up on as a teenager, as a grown-up, all of it. I'm like, got it, charge parts, we all have one, got it, consciousness, memory barriers, got it, attach, cry for help, collapse, submit, please appease, got it, check, fight, flight, hypervigilance, okay, got it, oh, wow, they seek it out, got that one too. So you literally are simply put, either you're going to learn how to be equanimous or I'm going to learn what your reactivity is, and eventually I'm going to be like, okay, today I think you're stressed, today I think you're in a good mood, oh, look, you're, you're doing something different, what, what happened? Can I, can I hear? Oh, wow, you met someone. Okay, cool. How's it going? Great. Wow, that's amazing. So on that note, I'm going to close on out with actually this different story. One of my close friends, they're an ancient soul. And I say it because they're an ancient soul. And for the longest time, I've known them since I was in my early 20s. Yes. And uh, they, they and I, we have, but it's, it's one of those things. He's an ancient soul. That's all I have to say. So my friend and I, it's like he's always connected. But he has this thing about him. And uh, it's a thing that I've noticed. And as we grew up, eventually there was a number of years, a number of years, uh, and I got to see them again. I'm like, you're looking good. (laughs) And they told me about what was happening. I was like, yeah, I got what you're telling me, but you're looking good. You're, You're lighter. His light body, he's expanded. He, he's embraced his his other side, and he told me what happened. I said, ah, okay, got it. And he said, yes, it's all her. So we all evolve in certain ways, and that's because we all can expand. And this is not about emotional maturity. In this case, it's actually about uh, the mystic stuff. But you will notice a person expand by their light body, by the smile on their face, by the look in their eyes, because they're going to get softer. If a person gets softer, it's because they turn into a rest and rejuvenated. They learn how to use their mammalian heritage. They're not in their hypervigilance mode. They're not defending themselves. So they're not closing their heart. If a person opens their heart, that's where the fun begins. But obviously, you want to open it with people that are safe. Safe haven, secure bases. So emotionally mature people are a safe space for people who are willing and ready and wanting to be their inner adults. Thanks to attachment and trauma-informed individuals, we can know, those of you who are already pot says, how to be able and support people and not push buttons and how to handle those who don't know how to handle themselves and for us themselves and for us not to treat them the way they're expecting to be treated. Because see, they're already expecting to be treated like the scum of the earth because that's what they got at home. And then the series of events that took place and their community, and a lot more is what led them to continue to think that's how they should be treated. Da, 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 da. So the perpetuation of human suffering is the trauma, cultural, transgenerational, but it's also the people that walk in those streets and they say, oh, I'm standing up for something, but I'm going to yell at you because you're another gender, and you're this and you're that, and let me come yell at you some more. And they say that that's standing up to change. No, you're not changing anything because in the moment that you're yelling at another, you've automatically put you are in defense mode and others in defense mode you've not enlightened the conversation you've just made it into a uh, fighting match of some sort if they meet a pacha that doesn't take place that's why the 5d spirituality process anywhere they go it's not about harmony it's that we know how to dress a room full of cuscos doesn't mean it's pleasant by the way none of us want to be in that room i know i don't 
which is why luckily we don't have to because there's plenty of pachas out there and there's plenty of people that don't want to be around those of us who actually talk direct communication. They don't like it. There was one dude for the longest time, he could not hear me or he would ignore me. I don't know one or the other, but I was like, what does he not hear my voice? I literally at one point, I'm like, I'm going to speak in his ear. And this is now a friend of mine, but I spoke in his ear, nothing. I actually went around, I think, this, uh, so I, I did that. And I said, you know, I'm going to get in front of him. I'm going to speak right in his, hey, and I'm speaking in his face. I'm like a ghost. This dude literally ignores me completely. I don't remember how many times it took before he actually started to talk to me. And when he did, I was like, wow, he's talking to me. Like, what happened here? Are we talking today? <laughs> I don't remember. But I said something like that because I was like, what the heck? So when uh, you love people and you love talking and you love growing relationships, emotional maturity, it's beautiful to have unconditional love for you and others. We have flaws, we have imperfections, and we have great trauma therapists out there who are helping people. So let's keep supporting each other and let's keep on doing that functional adult love language, emotional building regulation skills, becoming your beautiful three-year-old selves and more, 5D mystics, my lovely functional adults who are 5D as well and enlightenment soul age group for any of those who are entering, curious, all of that and for all of you who are new and hopefully if you are curious you'll be back for more and uh, if you're supported of course and any FAQs you already know you can reach out and for any specific guidance it's paid subscription-based model content so you subscribe to the paid version it's a monthly fee and then you email me and you can subscribe and subscribe and you can email how much you want but I, I won't be rolling out with all of them so just keep that in mind and uh, YouTube follow YouTube that way we can get to the 1k and that way we can have some membership content there as well so have a great day